0: Psalms 42, Psalm of David, so we're going to be talking about anxious moments today, anxious moments. I was told that when I was finishing up the book of Philippians, I talked, Philippians chapter 4 talks about do not be anxious about anything but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. So I was real, I was told I was too hard on if you people if you have anxious thoughts I was told because I kind of said anxiety is caused because we don't trust God. It, it's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> it is true. But I was told that it's kind of like I was too hard on people. But but here's the deal. Here's the deal. I think most people, if you're human. You're going to deal with anxiety, so we're going to talk. We're going to talk about that anxious moments. Um, emotional health is important, folks. Emotional health is important, and um, and it has in the past. I don't know if it was always talked about in the church. Sometimes it was like if um, you just aren't praying enough, or you're just not doing you know some of those things. You're not spiritual enough. And uh, I don't think that is necessarily always the case because we see it within Scripture and we see it within godly people that they wrestled whether it was with depression or anxiety, um, emotional health issues. So we are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? And so your emotional health impacts your spiritual and physical health. It does. If you're feeling down, and depressed, is, it's going to impact your prayer life. It's going to impact your physical health. Why? You're not going to be active. You're going to be eating the Doritos instead of taking a walk, right? Or eating the pint of ice cream, right? Right, right? None of you have ever done that, right? Your physical health impacts your emotional and spiritual health. So when you are active, taking walks, going to the gym, whatever that may be, that is going to impact your emotional health, and it's also going to impact your, um, your spiritual health, too. So they're all woven together. You see a better picture of that in the Old Testament than probably in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there's more of this holistic idea that, that as we take care of our body, soul and spirit, that it all works together. They're all connected, all right? Um, And I think that's important. Right now our society is coming out of COVID-19. And all the research that I've seen says, and some of the research that I've really been taking note of, is that two and a half years after an event like that is when you really start to see the negative effects of it, especially the emotional uh, toll of that. So we come out of COVID-19, and now, we, you know, then we got hit by the Ukraine war, right? And we were seeing that nonstop. It's still out there, but probably not as... Uh, pronounced as it was and and now we we're dealing with a struggling economy which is hitting our um i keep my, p- my wallet in the front there so um but we're, we're dealing with that right you go to the pump and it's kind of like, oh you know you're reminded you can't get away from it right you go to the grocery store and and they said those are some of the areas it's more than just the eight percent increase right we know that gas is basically what doubled right or more and um And food has, too, especially certain items. So we we, we feel that, right? Um, And some of those things don't cause us to wake up in the morning and say, yes, right? Or I'm excited, right? It's kind of like, you know, it's it's a little bit harder. So, um, you know, summer is usually a great time. It's a time that we spend with our families, take those vacations. Maybe it's a little more relaxed, Right? But what I'm seeing is I'm seeing more emotional health issues in spring and summer than I've ever had, okay, amongst ministers that I work with, um, but also in people. So this is a little bit of uh, just some research here. According to Anxiety and Depression Association of America, stress is a response to a threat in a situation. So I, I become stressed when there's a threat to my situation. I got a lot of work to do or I have... Things to get done, right, that is beyond me so then I feel stressed. That's the response. Anxiety is the reaction to the stress. So anxiety is a fear of what might happen in the future, right? That's a key word there, in the future. Sometimes it is a fear that is rational and sometimes it is not. Um, So sometimes we are anxious about things that will happen in three minutes, okay? So I probably get a little bit of anxious, not as much as I used to, but boy, when I would get up and preach, right, right before I'd get up and preach, whew, you know, I was sweating bullets, right, okay? Or it might be you're anxious about something 30, 20, 30 years from now, thinking, man, I don't have enough money saved up for retirement, and what's things going to look like then? And we can become anxious about that, right? So sometimes it's more immediate, sometimes it's a little bit out there. In the United States, anxiety is the most common mental illness affecting more more than 40 million adults each year. All right? So if you have felt anxious, you are not alone. And sometimes people think that they are. Data from the National Institute of Mental Health has indicated about 30% of Americans expect Experienced clinical anxiety at some point in their lives. Clinical would be where it's not a matter of, hey, I just need to get out and talk with some people and get a few things off my plate, and then everything's good. It's where it's going to maybe take several weeks, maybe six, a couple months to really, or longer, maybe to get in, uh, in a better place. All right? So if you want to, after church, you can co- Google YouTube, um, probably attacking attack anxiety or attacking anxiety and it's an interview by craig rochelle with a pastor from red rocks in colorado um a church one of the larger churches there in colorado and they he talks openly it's an open interview about his battle with anxiety and it was there he kept it kind of quiet to himself but eventually he found himself on the interstate one day um pacing about couldn't drive um very difficult place. All right. That's clinical. That's clinical. Okay. So we want to get it. We want to have each of us so we don't have to get to that place. Right. Um, I would say most of the times when we feel anxiety, it is at a much lower level. All right. But it still impacts us. So what else are we going to talk about here? So we want to look at, there's a lot of things that are impacting. Anxiety, I think, right now here in America, I think people are dealing with anxiety more than some years or at some times maybe in your life, all right? And it has to do with the events that are happening around us, all right? So, I want us to look at Scripture to find some answers, and so I've entitled this message, Anxious Moments, and let's look to God's Word to find answers, amen? It's in by God's presence. Father, we thank you for your Word. It is the living Word of God, and it gives hope to us, it gives us strength, it guides us, it helps us to know the heart of God. And so, Father, speak to us this morning, we pray. We ask it in your name, amen. Psalms 42, Psalm of David, um, this one gets quoted a lot. It says, as the deer pants for the streams of water, maybe some of your translations say the living water. Does anybody have living water in yours? I think the idea is living water. So living water, Israel had three types of water sources. The less desirable one was the cistern, all right? Water that was collected from rainfall and kept in a cistern, okay? Anybody have a cistern? You collect the rainwater? Yeah, okay, you probably maybe use it for watering plants and things like that. You're probably not drinking it, right? But maybe you could, right? All right. Cisterns was the less desirable of the three. The second one was a well, right? And you see in scripture that often they dug wells. The third source, which was the most desirable, was a a stream. And often it is referred to living water or stream. David calls it living water. Why? Because it was moving, right? It was moving. It was oxygenated. It was fresh. Now, you have to be careful what streams you drink out of, especially now that we live in this protected culture as of ours, right, where we have our water all treated. We're not used to other little things being in there, and so you have to be careful. But I've I've drank some water from mountain streams. that has uh, been up high, and usually that's pretty safe. Um, but it's fresh. It's cold, right? Clean. All right. So three types of water. So here David is... Notice the connection. He says, the deer pants for the streams of water, that living water that's fresh, energizing, and fresh. So in the same way, my soul pants for my God, or other translations will say for the living God. Living God. All right? So living water, living God. All right. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. So he's not in a good place, is he? While people say to me all day long, where is your God? David is saying, yeah, I'm trying to figure that out too. These things I remember as I pour out my soul to God. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. You know, there's times in our life where the presence of God is is so real that it's like we can reach out and touch it, right? And then there's times where we come to before God and this kind. God, I'm pouring out my heart to you, but I can't feel you. I can't see you. Where are you, God? There's those times as well. Those are the valleys. Those are the times where we go grow and we trust God. Verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed? Disturbed, maybe anxious, fearful. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and your God. He you sense the tension there. David says. Put your trust in God, but yet he's feeling downcast. He's feeling, where is my God? There's a tension there between what he knows to be true and what he's feeling at the moment. And that's why I like the Psalms a lot is because they, they bridge that gap from theology and beliefs to where the rubber meets the road and helps us to find what it means to live out our Christian life. Okay? Verse 6, my soul is downcast within me, therefore I'll remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon and from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep and the roars of waterfalls and all the waves and breakers have swept over me. So I like the ocean but if you've ever been hit by a big wave and been tumbled by it, you know that that's not a good experience, right? Right? Those waves can really crash you and just really... I've told the story about Amy and I and it was in, yeah, it was west coast there out in California. Yeah, I told her she didn't want to go out there because of the waves. I said, oh, it's really good right now. Right now. And so we go out there. and Once you know it, this big wave comes over. Just whoosh. Yes. She didn't trust me after that. All right. All right. Verse 8. By the day the Lord directs his love at night, his song was within me, a prayer of, to the God my, of my life. I will say to God, you are my rock. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by my enemy? My bones suffer egg, mortal agony as my foes taught me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so stu- disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So let's look at a few of the things here and i'm going to put out some points there for you the first thing that i see is that we need to open up about our feelings versus that's kind of found in verses 1 through 5 but open up about your feelings one of the worst things that i see especially with depression or anxiety is that we were feeling off okay you may be tight in your chest right or maybe you got acid reflux you can't sleep at night there are symptoms that are there but do you tell your husband or your wife? Do you tell your friend? No. Many times we don't. Maybe we come before God, but often we tend to keep those things within us. What will people think? Well, they realize that I'm actually human. Um, there's a little sarcasm there, all right? Um, but we're worried about what people think. They keep it to themselves. In that interview with Craig Rochelle and Sean Johnson, he talks about his battle with that, about opening up. You know, when you pastor a very prominent church and stuff like that, how can, you, how can you open up and say, man, I'm dealing with anxiety? Yeah? Great leaders aren't supposed to have anxiety, right? Right? If you're spiritual, you're not supposed to deal with anxiety. Right? Um, you know, David was a godly man. Scripture says he was a bad after God's own heart. He definitely was not perfect. But we can definitely see within the Psalms that he had times where his emotional health was suffering. It was like he had a cold or he was catching the flu or he had COVID-19, right? That there was something like that was affecting his physical body, it was impacting his emotional health. And we do, there are viruses. There are emotional viruses, right? They can get into our heart and soul, and impact us. So not all stress and anxiety are bad, though, are they? And we must recognize the difference between facilitating anxiety and debilitating debilitating anxiety. So facilitating anxiety is a gift to us. We're on a hike in Alaska, and a big brown bear is in our path, and we get anxious and we run right, fearful, and we run right boom, it kicks in. You don't even really think about it, right? And you hope that you're faster than him, right? That will maybe save your life. It is, it is put there for a reason and a purpose within us It can facilitate. So, you know, I know we have a basketball player here and we have people that do athletics. That anxiety or kind of intensity that you have when you get on the court, there's an anxiety that comes with that. But that actually can help people perform at their top, at their best, okay? So it can really help us. But debilitating anxiety can, can paralyze you, right? And so it can get into us and it's like we don't want to do anything. We're, we're disabled. We're paralyzed. And unable to do whatever God's called us to do, to be a dad, to be a mom, um, to do our studies, to go to work. It takes our joy. It debilitates us, Right? That is a bad type of anxiety because when it gets, when that is happening, then we live in fear, Um, and it consumes our thoughts and causes health issues. So anxiety is a response to fear. What David wrestled with was, as many of us do, is that tension between what I believe and what I'm feeling at the moment. All right. So if we are dealing with debilitating anxiety, it's important for us to open up to God, but also open up to friends around us. Now, you don't have to come up in front of the church and say, man, I'm dealing with anxiety, right? You don't have, Or put it on fo- Facebook. You don't have to tell the world. In fact, I, I encourage you not to, all right? What I do encourage you to have one or two people that in your life that you can be real with and that will be there to listen to you but also pray with you, agree with you, encourage you, and to walk with you through those times, amen? Open up about that. What we're finding out is if we can open up about those things in the early stages, it won't get to the where I have to check myself in to someplace to get further help. And the healthy relationships within the body of Christ can provide that. And so that's why it's important. If you're joining us online, that is great, that is awesome. There's times you can't do that. But being here is important, that interaction. So I was just with um, a counselor this past week. He was, I I head up healthy ministers for our state. And he's retired from counseling just a few years ago. Um, But he's on my team. And he says, you know what? We've been meeting on Zoom. We're going to meet in, we need to meet in person. So we're going to meet in York here the end of June. But he goes, we need to meet in person. He goes, it's so important, that personal interaction. So just by you being here, whether my message is a total flop, whether the worship was good, so I'm not going to say anything. I'll just say about mine, right? Regardless of all that, just being out with other people and fellowshipping, shaking their hands and talking with one another, that can do more for you than you realize in your walk with God. Amen? We need one another. God hasn't called us to be isolated. He hasn't called us to be that Lone Ranger. Um, He's called us to live our life in community. And so human tendency is for us to suppress these feelings, but God wants us to open up to him, but also to each other. So here are some verses here. Psalms 139, David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. So David says, Hey, God, if there's anxiety within me, show it to me. Okay, And often I, I, I've dealt with anxiety different times in my life. All right, And I think I've, I've shared this more than once. I checked myself into the hospital emergency room one time because if I go back through the events, we went up to Kenosha, Wisconsin to marry my youngest sister. I was doing the wedding. And it was just a stupid thing, but I was working on my master's degree, and so I worked on it all the way up. I actually worked on the message on the way up. So I get there and I need to print it off. Do you think I could find a place to print off my message? And that was before the day of my I, you know, the iPads and things like that. That was stressful. So anyway, we get them married off. I probably had too much coffee. I was anxious about all this, right? Stressed. So then that g- got acid and coffee probably wasn't the best thing for that. So then I was dealing with some acid reflux. And then I went to the internet, get back in Springfield, and I go to the internet and read stuff, right? And then I even became more anxious. and was kind of, oh, I'm having a heart attack, so I go to the emergency room, and they sent me home with Prilosec. <laughs> um, so what I've learned is often we don't recognize, at least I don't, anxiety until I start to feel it in my body. And then I go backwards. I say, okay, what is causing, what am I afraid of? What What? What am I afraid of or fearful of, Right? And then I kind of talk through that with God. Amen? Search my heart, God. Sometimes we're a little blind to, blind to it until we get into that. All right, Proverbs 12, 25 says, Anxiety weighs down the heart. Amen? It does, right? But a kind word cheers it up. So just by you being in church and you encourage one another, And somebody says, man, you look good today or good to see you here today. That kind word cheers us up. We need that. Amen? All right. Also, give your anxiety a name. As you're opening up about it, give your anxiety a name. People don't like to use that word anxiety or anxious. I don't know why. Or fearful. Who wants to be fearful as a Christian, right? We don't want to be fearful. But give it a name. Say, I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Give it a name. But don't ignore it. Don't push it under the rug. Deal with it. And if you do get to that place where you need professional help, you know, I haven't seen anybody. I mean, some people don't like to go to the doctor. All right. How many, uh, you know, some of you guys are notorious for that, right? They don't like to go to the doctor, right? Um, But typically going and getting your annual physical or or you got you hurt your knee or your foot or you're not feeling right we go to the doctor and there's no shame in that but when it comes to our emotional health we are a little more um, reluctant to do that aren't we right so open up to God open up to others all right talk about those things and encourage one another number two attack anxiety attack it you see that a little bit in, in what David is talking about here. Um, that he says, I will praise God, right? I'll put my hope in God. That's more of a willful choice. I don't know, he may not be feeling about it, but he's going to put his hope in God. And there's times that you may even make a choice that I'm going to praise God, right? Whether I feel like it or not. And as I praise Him, then our spirit changes. And so what I encourage you is don't play the victim. Okay. instead, be proactive in hitting your anxiety head on. Um, David calls uh, God his rock, his fortress. Uh, I'm jumping ahead here, but um, he took actions. He recounts God's faithfulness in verse eight. He says, day by day, the Lord directs his love towards me. And even at night, he puts his song within me. All right. He recounts God's faithfulness and his provision. And that's important, folks, because you are going to go through times where it's kind of like you think, oh, there's not much money in here, right? Right, look a little bare. And then there's times we just take God's provision so for granted. But it's those times that we have to remember when the times are a little bit lean and we go, okay, God, you were faithful then. You're going to be faithful now. And I can trust you. So what is a good prescription for anxiety? Well, I'm going to look at a couple of verses. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. We, we covered this in our series in Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your, your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, prayer and thanksgiving, with petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, worthy, think about such things. Whatever you do, you've learned from me or received from me, or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So there's several things that Paul mentions here that can be a prescription to attacking anxiety. First of all, is he brought his concern to God and he opened up to God. He may brought that petition to God. He says, bring your requests to God. God isn't tired of hearing your requests. If you feel overwhelmed, if you feel stressed, bring it to God. All right? And then he thanked God and he rejoiced. Right, He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians says that numerous times, to rejoice in the Lord. And he's writing that book from prison, right? Rejoice. There's something about worshiping God that will change the dynamic in your life. You may enter into it, discouraged, trying to like, how am I going to get through this day? You begin praising God. It's going to change your mood, your attitude. It's going to lift your spirits. Okay? Try it. It'll happen. I remember I was taking a master's class. It was early on in ministry up in North Dakota and was at Trinity Bible College. I went in for this class. It was just for a week. And so... um, it was like five or six people. It was a real small class. Um, and so we sat there and the guy says, hey, we're going to, so we're going to begin this time. I just want you to begin praising God. And it was, it was like, you know, 8, 830 or something like that. So we we're just getting going with the day. No music, no instruments. He just wanted us to praise God. And I thought, it just seemed like I was a forced issue. Does that make sense? But we did, and that what I learned through that—the reason why he wanted us to do it—is to experience something. But as we did, and we just began to praise God, God's presence came into that place, and we began that class on a very good and positive note. So, sometimes we have to act with our will, and will, and the emotions follow. That happens a lot. It happens when you go to the gym, right? You may be not normal and you like to go to the gym all the time, but there's a lot of times where I don't like to go to the gym. But once I'm there and after I'm done, I'm glad that I went, right? So sometimes we have to act with our will and not trust our emotions quite as much. The Emotions will follow. And then Paul also chose the things to think about. Well, often when we have anxious thoughts, we're thinking about the wrong things. We're thinking about the what-ifs, right? How much time have you wasted thinking about what-ifs that never happened or ever came true? What if this happens? What if that happens? It steals your sleep, makes you feel yucky, right? We dwell on the what-ifs. Now, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be proactive. It doesn't mean that we... Shouldn't plan ahead, but w- focus on the things that we can control instead of the what ifs, right? What ifs? What if this happens? What if that happens? Yeah, I've been thinking about that just with, you know, a slowing economy. What does that mean for our church and the finances, you know? What ifs? Yeah. Right? Have you been thinking that too for your own self? Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. Jesus may come, right? Right? We, we don't know. But often we worry about the things that we can't change. And we dwell on things that never are going to happen. You know, moms. Moms will worry about their kids, right? And we, moms should worry and dads should worry about their kids to some degree. But you can't let it consume you, right? All right. So we need to think about right things and we need to think about the promises of God. And what God has uh, uh, spoken to us. But we also need to find activities that turn off our brain to some degree so we can enjoy God's presence, all right? So Sean Johnson, when he's been interviewed by Craig Rochelle, the thing he likes to do is boxing, all right? I don't know if I'd want to do that. But he does boxing. Why does he do boxing? Because when he's doing that, all he's trying to do, (laughs) he's just thinking about how he's going to survive, right? (laughs) I'm going to miss that punch, right? Craig Rochelle likes jujitsu. I don't know if I said that right, yeah. Uh, there again, he's just trying to survive. But it, they're so intense of activities that you're not thinking about anything else. You shut your brain down. But they have said that if you take a walk in nature, just, um, you know, we got Done College here. That's where we like to kind of walk through and just, it's beautiful. It's kind of even quiet this time of year. And if you walk by in the evenings, walk through the Dome in the evenings, guess who you get to see? Bonus, get to see Mr. Aaron Paul there. So, yeah, we about thought we weren't going to see him here the other night, and right at the last leg, there, all of a sudden, he shows up. So, um, but they have the research will show that it just by taking a walk out in nature, it lowers your blood pressure and does a lot of good health benefits for you. So, eat right. You know, sometimes we don't eat in the best ways that impact our emotional health. Get your sleep. Wow. that's pretty basic, isn't it, Pastor Brent? But getting your sleep is important. If you don't get your sleep, um, Elijah, he didn't get his sleep or his food. You know, he has this great victory on Mount Carmel, all the prophets of Baal and Asherah. they They're all all killed, great victory. And then Jezebel says, hey, I'm going to kill you. And he runs for his life, doesn't eat, doesn't rest. He gets to this little broom tree and says, hey, God, take my life. I'm done. What does God do? He allows him to get some sleep, and he gives him some bread and water. And then he goes on from there. Sometimes we just need sleep, and sometimes we need to eat right. All right? Okay. Number three, this one's not so much in our passage. This is just bonus. Dwell on the promises of God. David calls God his rock. In other Psalms, he calls him the shield, a fortress, a strong tower. A lot of different names that he gives God. Memorize key passages of Scripture and dwell on them throughout the day instead of the what-ifs. All right, Those what-ifs that just keep going, they're just on replay, right? It's like I didn't tell Ed to do that, but it's just, it just keeps going, right? Get the promises of God into your heart and soul. So what are some of those? Psalms 23, 1 through 6, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack. Lack what? Nothing, Nothing, right? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along paths, right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. I'm not going to be anxious, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. So that means even in a difficult moment, God is going to shower his blessings and favor upon you. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Man, you can't run out, outrun them, right? We talk about that song, the goodness of God. And running after you, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. First Peter 5.7. So, Psalms 23, memorize it. Because then you can be at work, you can be doing whatever else, and man, you just have it right there. It's just on autopilot, and you just pull it up, right? And it can speak to you. First Peter 5.7, cast your anxiety on Him because he, he, he cares for you. Did you know God cares for you? I know you know that. But is that in your spirit and soul? Do you really believe it to the utmost level that God cares for you? He loves you. You can trust Him. And a lot of us deal with that trust. You thank God for salvation, that He died on the cross, but you have a tough time getting your mind around that God truly loves you because we all know our bad moments. We all know the things where failed God, and so we doubt God's love for us. God loves you. Amen. Psalms ninety four nineteen. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation, your encouragement brought me joy. Hmm. Proverbs three, five, and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge or submit to him, and he will pass straight. Philippians four nineteen, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches. In glory, in Christ Jesus. And that passage, if you look at it, it's talking about giving. The Philippians gave a generous gift to Paul in prison. And it didn't sound like it was, it sounded like it was a difficult time in their life as well. So this generous gift came out of a difficult time in their life. And God says, You know what? As you're generous, I'm going to supply all your needs. All right? 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that his all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So a clay jar, right, is fragile to some degree. If you drop it on the ground, it's going to go into a million pieces. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. 2 Corinthians has a lot to say about hardship. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Um, we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And sometimes we may have this thought that's, you know, maybe it's just not a very good thought, a sinful thought. And we can be, you know, we think, oh, that's a bad thought, right? But sometimes the more subtle thought is that maybe we're just doubting or we're worrying about something, right? And those thoughts we need to take captive as well because underneath that is that unbelief and that worry, and it doesn't please the heart of God and it makes us anxious. So I'm not being hard on anybody because we're all human. But if we have to dwell on these promises and get them into our heart and our soul. Amen? where they are second nature. Psalms 37, 1 through 6. Do not fret. I think fret is another word for what? Be anxious, right? About the evil and the envious of those who do wrong. For they are like grass that will soon wither, wither like green plants that will soon die. You ever... Go on to Facebook and you get a little, you fret a little bit. Kind of like, oh, they're doing that. They have this. Facebook will make you discontent. Just FYI. Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Hmm, that's good. That's good promise, right? Commit to the Lord and trust in him. So I like if somebody asked me, um, Tad, it was you. Wasn't it you? I think um, we were looking at different translation Wednesday night on the elect, on my copy. I have a Logos Bible software, and it's the Young's literal translation. He was asking about that. So if you were to look at the Young's literal translation on this, it wouldn't say commit your way to the Lord. It would say roll on to Jehovah your cares. Trust him, and he will do this. So the picture, in a very literal way, is if you imagine your anxiety, your fears, your stress in this big rock, and where do we have it? We have it like, who's that guy that has the big thing on the shoulders? Isn't that Atlas or something like that? Okay, okay, you're not Atlas, okay? Sometimes you think you are, but there you are. it's It's all your stress, anxiety, and it's going, right? And what God is saying is roll that onto the shoulders of God of Jesus, and he will carry those for you. Commit it. Roll on to him your cares. Trust him and he'll do this. He'll make your righteousness, reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. But God, I can carry this. Roll on to God your cares because he cares for you. Amen. God. And I'm going to have the musicians come, so we need to grab Amy. Um, in the times we live in, I think it's important to take care of your emotional health. And you know what? These are, as you know, we don't like paying more at the pump, at the grocery store. We don't like sometimes those feelings. We don't like the valleys often. But it's in the valleys that we grow, folks. It's in the valleys that we grow. And we learn to trust God, and even in those anxious moments, um, God has helped me tremendously in my walk with Him. Um, I remember when we moved to Springfield; I was just white knuckling it driving that U-Haul trailer down there. There was just so many unknowns, um, and then we moved here, and I just remember that time in Springfield. It was like three years. 2003 to 2005 so two and a half years I never want to go back there again (laughs) great test God I'm glad I made it through it but I don't ever want to do it again and it's like God said yeah you're going to go plant a church have fun with that one right and what I I find is that God keeps trying to expand us and strengthen us because he wants our muscles to become stronger faith is a muscle folks if you don't use it, you're going to lose it, all right? And so God, He strengthens us, and it's in those valleys that we trust God. We trust God, and we find out, you know what? God really took me through this time, you know? And sometimes we come through it okay, and sometimes we come through it in not so good a shape because we were worrying way too much. We realize, you know, God had our back. He was walking with us, and we can trust Him. We can trust Him. Anxious moments open up to God, to others. Find healthy ways to attack your anxiety, whether it is just getting into God's Word, whether it's rejoicing and praising Him, reflecting on His promises. Staying active. And then dwell on His promises. Amen? Praise God. Would you stand this morning? Praise God. Praise God. Father, this morning we just come before you and we thank you for the hope that we have in you, Lord God. And Father, if we don't have that hope like we talked about this morning and as we looked at in communion, Lord God, you did go to the cross. And when you went to the cross, it wasn't for your sin. It wasn't for anything that you had done but you willingly went there like a a sheep, willingly going to the slaughter, and you took our sin, our punishment. You became the sacrifice for us so that we could have eternal life and that we could have a relationship with the living God. And Father, if we don't have that, whether we're listening online or we're here today and we don't have that hope, Father, you said that if we confess our sins, if we ask you into our life, you would come in. You would dwell with us. You would be our Lord and our Savior. And God, today might be somebody's day—that day of salvation. And if that's you this morning, reach out to Him. He hears you. He cares for you. And Lord, there's—we're living in some interesting times. We've been living in it for almost two and a half, three years, Lord. And God, You haven't changed. You have been there the whole whole time. But Lord God, we need You to not only touch us spiritually, but we also need You to refresh our soul and our spirit, that inner self, our emotions, Lord God. God, we don't want to just be like barely keeping our head above the surface, but we want to be buoyant. We want to be able to handle the challenges of life to be energized to be confident in you to be fulfilling what you've called us to do we don't want to be anxious we don't want to be fearful about the future but God give us a boldness give us a confidence that comes not just from hyping ourselves up but comes from walking in a faith relationship with you and trusting you oh God God help us in this help us to trust you and Help us to mature and to grow in you, Lord God, and to know what that looks like. And deepen that walk with you, Lord God. God, meet us where we are at this morning, whether we're just starting off or, or maybe a little bit further down the road. Lord God, meet us where we are at this morning. Refresh our hearts. Strengthen us. Lord God, if we are carrying that big boulder of fear and anxiety and we're weary, we're, we're bowed down with the weight, Lord God. God, can we roll that onto your shoulders this morning and live in your freedom, in your joy, and lighten the load? Help us to do that this morning. We give you the thanks going to ask you to do something we don't do every Sunday, but I want you just to close your eyes. And I gave that illustration, commit your way to the Lord, roll on to Jehovah, your cares. So just as a symbol that if God is speaking to you this morning, there's just stuff that you're caring, whether maybe it's a little or a lot, but there's cares, there's anxiety, there's fears that are there. And so I just want you in a figurative way, just with your eyes closed, so we don't have to be looking at all matters as God is speaking to you. I want you just to just extend your arms and like you're just giving it to God this morning. Will you do that? Just give it to God this morning. I'm doing it. Amen. Praise God. Father, that you see the hands that are outstretched to you this morning, Lord God. And Father, just as a symbol, Lord God, you've called us to cast our cares upon you because you care for us. You love us with a never-ending love. And you went to the cross so there's things that we wouldn't have to carry, things that we wouldn't have to bear, Lord. And God, you've extended your love towards us. Just as a child is able to live a life that is carefree when they're young, why? Because their mom or dad is there protecting them and watching over them and they live with no fear. In the same way, God, You're in heaven. You're our heavenly Father. You love us with everlasting love. And God, give us the freedom that You want us to live in, Lord God. Free, freedom just to love You, to rejoice, to be free of fear, of, of worry, of doubt, Lord God. To just to live in that freedom that is ours through Christ, Lord God. Lord God, hear our prayers this morning. In our humanness, Lord God, and in our weakness, Lord God, when we want to believe and we're just struggling, Lord God, I pray help our unbelief. Lord Lord God, make us into the people of God that you've called us to be, so that that day when we stand before your throne, we can worship, we can praise you. We'll see our Lord and our Savior, the one who gave it all for us, and we'll rejoice with you. Lord God, go with us this week. Let us share the hope within us, Lord God. Let us make a difference in our world and share Christ with those around us, Lord. God, You're truly good and great, good to us. Lord, be with our teen camp this week, Lord God. We just pray over each one. And uh, we just ask Your blessing that Your Spirit is there in a powerful way to speak to our teenagers, Lord.